Let's take our Bibles this morning. I'm going to ask you to turn to two places. That's hopefully not too hard. Two places. Proverbs chapter 3. And when you reach Proverbs 3, go ahead and put a marker there. And then turn over to the book of James chapter 1. So Proverbs 3, put a marker there. And then James chapter 1. We're going to look at this morning a couple of familiar passages probably to most of us here. But some truths that I think are really important for us to remember, to consider, and to live by. And so, this morning I want to speak to you about God's wisdom for our lives. God's wisdom for our lives. And uh, if you're in James chapter 1, after putting a marker in Proverbs 3, I know you've stood a few times, but I'll invite you to do that again if you're able if you're not able to stand, go ahead and remain seated, but everyone else, uh, let's stand as, in, just in honor of God's word as we read this morning in, Proverbs, in James chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 5. So James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him into this, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now with your place held here in James, flip back to Proverbs where you put a marker, and we'll look at some very famous verses, beginning in verse number 5. Where the Bible says here, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, this morning I just want to confess to you that... I need your wisdom and your help today, even as I preach this message. Uh, Lord, we need you, and I pray that today, through your word, that we would come uh, to really, truly understand how much we need you, how much we need your guidance and your help and, and your wisdom, and Father, help us to understand how to receive the wisdom that you have for our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would just work in a in a mighty and powerful way in this message that you would guide my mind and my heart and my mouth to say the things that you want said, that you would even withhold from me things that maybe I intend to say but are not your will. Lord, that you would just take control and, and, and work in this time as we look into your word. Speak to our hearts, Father. Help us, Lord, to live in dependence and obedience to you. And Father, for anyone who may be here in our midst today that does not have the hope of eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, that as your word is preached, they would recognize their need for Christ and be saved, that they would turn from their sin to Christ, that they'd place their faith in him and be born again. And Lord, we'll praise you for what you do in your house today. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. When you think of wisdom, what it means to be wise, I wonder what is the first thing that comes to your mind. 
A lot of times we think of wisdom uh, being maybe someone who's lived and has a lot of experience and, and they just have insight into, into life and situations. Maybe there's someone in your life, a, a, a parent or a, a grandparent or a, a friend who's just kind of uh, had some experiences in life. And when you face a problem, you know that you can go to them and they're, they're going to be able to offer you wisdom, guidance, counsel. And that certainly is an aspect of wisdom. But the Bible speaks much of wisdom and our need for wisdom. And it doesn't always refer to uh, that type of wisdom, you know, experience and learning how to apply knowledge. That's not always what the Bible refers to when it talks about wisdom. Let me give you an example of this. Paul told Timothy, as he was speaking to him about his upbringing, he said, From a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. And so even when, when we think about salvation and what all that entails, if you're here today and you are saved, there was a time in your life where you saw yourself as God sees you, a sinner separated from God. You realize that your sin, because it was separating you from God, was also leading you to condemnation or you were under God's condemnation and you were on the road to destruction. And that the end of that is obviously judgment and, and hell and the lake of fire. You, God showed you that through his word, gave you understanding of your condition, but also then gave you the answer, the solution to that problem, that Christ took your sin upon himself and died in your place, as we heard in the song just a moment ago, that he there bore your sins upon himself and shed his blood, that you could be forgiven. And, and, and in that understanding, God opened your eyes and showed you that the way to salvation is not by your good works or your baptism or church attendance, but it's simply by turning from your sin and yourself to Jesus and placing your faith and trust in him alone and that when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, what does the Bible say? Thou shalt be saved. And, and if you're here today and you've been saved, however the Lord revealed that to you over time, the reality is the scriptures gave you wisdom unto salvation. They opened your understanding of God's purpose and intention for your life. And you know, one of the things now, those of us who are saved, we try to live a life uh, pleasing to the Lord and living according to God's will, right? You know, that's one of the biggest questions that I get as a pastor is, how do I understand God's will in this area or this decision that I need to make in my life? How do I know God's will? Did you know that it is by wisdom that we understand the will of God? The Bible says, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So if you want to know God's will, you need God's wisdom. So when we look at this concept of wisdom from the Bible, we get a, a little bit fuller picture of what it means. It's not just a matter of having experience and knowing how to apply knowledge to situations. Wisdom really refers to our ability to walk according to God's will and plan for our lives. We could almost say that having wisdom is God revealing to us his purpose or plan. God revealing himself to us. You see, the Bible tells us that as Christians, we are to walk by faith and not by sight, right? In fact, it even says in the book of Romans that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Well, that means that every decision I make needs to be in faith, right? But faith isn't just blindly hoping. Faith isn't, I'm going to walk off of this cliff and hope that God will catch me and, and that I won't 
you know, die as I hit the bottom. That's not faith. That's foolishness, actually. Faith, the Bible says, cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Do you know what faith really is? It's acting in accordance with the revealed will of God in your life. And trusting and believing that, that God's way is better than my way. That I'm going to act upon in obedience to God what he has revealed to me. And I am going to live according to his will even when it contradicts my own understanding. Didn't we just read that in Proverbs a minute ago? Lean not unto thine own understanding, right? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And this is what it means to live by faith. I'm going to obey God whether or not it even makes sense to me. I'm going to live a life consistent with the will of God for me. So if, if living by faith is obedience to the will of God, let me ask you, how can I live and walk by faith if I don't know what the will of God is? In other words, in order to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord, I need God's wisdom every single day of my life and every moment of my life to know what to say and, and what to do and how to handle this situation and what decision to make over here. I, I gladly admit to you today that, that I, as a, as a husband, need God's wisdom to know how I ought to love my wife. I need God's help in that. We heard in the the Sunday school hour. And by the way, if you missed Sunday school, you missed a blessing this morning. And, uh, but but the, we heard in the Sunday school hour of, of Elkanah, that man who didn't fully understand how he ought to treat his wife. She had a need, she had a burden, and, and, and he said something, I think in, a, in an attempt to comfort her, but it really was of no help at all, was it? <laughs> Am I not better to thee than ten sons? You know? And I, I mean, I joke with my wife about that all the time. Baby, you got me. What else do you need, you know? It wasn't helpful. Why? Because sometimes, husbands, we try to love our wives as we ought to, but we need God's wisdom to know how to do that. Would you agree? I have seven children. I want them to grow up and live for God, not just live for Him. I want them to love Him and seek Him and, 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 and be used of God greatly in their lives. And I have the responsibility of bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord... And I am daily in a deficit for wisdom. I need God's wisdom. I need his help. As a pastor, I need God's wisdom to make decisions within the church and how to lead the church and, and how to feed the church and, and, and how to carry out the ministry that God's called me to. I need God's wisdom. And where you are in your life and what God's called you to, you need his wisdom. And honestly, as long as you or I think that we've got everything figured out, we'll never receive God's wisdom. As long as we're walking in our own understanding, as long as we're walking in our own strength, we, we won't understand. Listen, Proverbs, or, or uh, rather Romans 8, verse 26 tells us, I don't even know what I ought to pray for. The Spirit has to help my infirmities. Why? Because I don't... He that searcheth the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit knows what God's will is and intention is for me, but I don't always understand that. And so that requires that I am walking continually in dependence upon the Lord to give me understanding and wisdom for every step that I take and every decision I make and every word that I say. I need God's wisdom and so do you. And so today, as people who admit... ...that we need God's wisdom. I want to show you kind of a, a recipe that we find in God's word... ...of how we can receive wisdom. 
And this is good news because to everyone who is lacking in wisdom, God has said you can have God's wisdom. It's not something he's concealing or hiding from you. It's not some big mystery that, you'll, that you've got to go on some kind of a treasure hunt to figure this thing out. God has said he is willing to freely give you wisdom. Isn't that good news? So let me show you from the word of God how you can have God's wisdom for your life and walk in accordance with his will. First of all, you need to recognize your need for God's wisdom. You need to recognize your need. Notice what he says here in verse number 5 of James 1. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, (laughs) the first step into receiving God's wisdom is to admit that you are lacking in your own wisdom. In other words, you don't come to God and say, okay, Lord, uh, I have an idea. I think this is a pretty good plan. Uh, why, why don't you tell me what you think and, and I'll compare the two and make a decision on what I think is best here. Now that, that's not, uh, that's not the, the recipe for receiving the wisdom of God, is it? No, the, the recipe to receiving the wisdom of God begins with a lack. Lord, here I am. I, I have a need and I have nothing to offer here. I, 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 what, what did Solomon say? He said, Lord, you've given me the responsibility of leading your people, this wonderful people, the nation of Israel. And he said, I'm but a child. Now, he wasn't a child. He was a grown man. And we would even say, prior to even asking the Lord, he demonstrated and and showed wisdom in his life and the way he handled himself and carried himself. And yet, when he uh, looked at the task that was laid out ahead of him and he came to the Lord, his request was, was, Lord, I don't have what I need in order to do what you want me to do, what you've called me to do. And friend, can I say to you this morning that every day you need to wake up with the understanding in your head, I don't have the wisdom that I need to to do what God's called me to to do today, and I need his guidance and direction and help to make the decisions that he wants me to make today. I am lacking in wisdom. Let's go back to Proverbs 3. We're going to kind of flip back and forth between these two. I want you to notice... Verse number 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't trust in your own understanding. Now, here's, here's something about this that's probably obvious, but I think needs to be pointed out. In order to lean on your own understanding, that must mean that you have some understanding. It's it's not as though, and I'm not trying to tell you, any of you here, that you're stupid. Okay, I mean, you might be laughing and telling on yourself. I don't know, but but I'm not I'm not calling you that. No, I mean we have understanding, right? We I mean we we've got experience. We. You know, some of us have education, we've got, uh, we've got things we can, we have our own understanding. You look at the world all around us, and the, the world makes decisions on a daily basis. They don't have the wisdom of God, but they have understanding. But the problem is, we need to recognize that our own understanding falls short of understanding what the will of the Lord is. That no matter how good and how wise I am in my own mind, in my own life, without God's leadership, 
I am severely lacking in understanding God's will for my life. And I am called to live according to faith, obedience to his will. I cannot do that in my own understanding. You may be an intelligent person. You may be a wise person by the world's standards. But apart from God, you cannot live according to his will for you. You cannot. So he says, lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse number 7, he says, be not wise in thine own eyes. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Don't think that you've got it figured out. Young people, kids here today, you don't know everything. You might think you do. You might think you know what... What, you, what decisions you need to make for your life. You don't have it all figured out. And that's why God has put counselors in your life. Parents and, and teachers and leaders. Sunday school teachers and pastors. And people who can influence your life to try and help you. Because you don't have everything figured out. You need to know that. But guess what? If you've been saved for 40, 50 years. You might think you've got it under control. You don't. And you are just as prone to failure as anyone else. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think that you've got this under control because I've been saved this long and I've been walking with God this long and I've been through it all before and so I've got this under control. No, you don't. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Admit to yourself and to God that you don't know everything there is to know. And you need his help. Proverbs 16, 25 says, There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It's not pleasing to the Lord to live in that way. And then let's go, if you would, to the book of 1 Corinthians over in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And uh, these, these verses, I think, are so powerful and important for us to, to remember. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul is talking to the church here at Corinth and reminding them of the way that he taught them and the way that he behaved himself among them. In verse number 1 of 1 Corinthians 2, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Listen to verse 5. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What, what a powerful statement. Think about this for a moment. This is the Apostle Paul. Everything you know of the life of Paul would tell you this was a wise man. Wouldn't it? I mean, this guy's got experience. Not just life experience, but ministry experience. Uh, he's dealt with people, uh, I mean, in, in basically all over the known world. He's planted churches, he's been through trials, he walks with God. God gives to him revelation. I mean, after all, he wrote a good portion of the New Testament. Man, this guy, and, and wouldn't it be easy if you were someone who was saved under the ministry of Paul, you were a member of a church that he planted, 
wouldn't it be easy in your mind to think that guy is the measure of wisdom? If I've got a need in my life, I mean, t honestly, if Paul was walking the earth today, I'd like to have his phone number, you know? <laughs> hey, uh, I've got this situation. What do you think I ought to do? This guy's got some wisdom. But what is he saying here? He says, I, I, I intentionally behaved among you as someone who was weak and, and, and feeble and, and, and even acted as though I was not educated. Now, he's not saying he, was, he, he wasn't lying to them, but what he's saying is I didn't come flaunting my credentials. I didn't come and speak eloquently to you about everything I know theologically. He said, I, I determined to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. I just preached the gospel. And uh, there was great intentionality in doing that. Why did I do that? I did that because I wanted to make sure that your faith was not in the wisdom of men. I wanted to make sure that you didn't think that if you just had a direct line to the Apostle Paul, you had everything figured out. I wanted your faith to stand in the power of God. You know why? Because Paul himself recognized that he didn't have the wisdom that we might say he did. He, he had a lack of wisdom. He had a need for God. And, and his faith didn't stand in his own wisdom. It stood in the power of God. And he's saying to people, don't trust yourself. Don't trust a man. Don't, don't, don't put your confidence in the wisdom of men. Place your confidence in the power of God. Live every day dependent on God's power. Recognize your need for him. So before you can receive God's wisdom, you have to recognize your need. And then the next step, and this is very, very important for you to remember and for me, there's not only a recognition of that need, but there has to be a relinquishing of our own wisdom and abilities. There has to be a letting go a willingness to, 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 to abandon our own understanding. Look again at James chapter 1. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know, as someone who has been saved a while, and, and many of you have as well, I am keenly aware of the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. I know what it means to walk in the flesh. And I also know what it means to walk in the spirit. And there is a constant battle back and forth between the two, isn't there? The Bible describes that in Galatians 5. These, these two contradictory entities are warring against each other. They're fighting against each other. Moment by moment, there's a struggle within you, child of God, to either walk in the flesh or walk in the spirit. To walk in the spirit is really to walk in the wisdom that God has revealed to you. To walk in the flesh is to walk in your own understanding. And this battle constantly goes back and forth. Here's the thing. If I want the wisdom of God, I've got to be willing to abandon my own wisdom. And as long as I vacillate back and forth between my way or God's way, you know what I am? I'm double-minded. 
okay, Lord, here's a problem uh, that I, I don't know what to do here. I, I mean, I'm stuck. I've, done, I've exhausted all of my uh, resources, and I've got no more answers. God, would you please help me? And then he answers, and he helps you. You know what happens next time? I got this figured out. I've been here before. I've been down this road. I've got it under control. You know what I'm doing? I'm going between God's way and my way. God's wisdom and my wisdom. And you know what I'm really doing? I'm living a double-minded life. And double-mindedness creates instability in my life. And yours too. And if you want to be a stable Christian, you have to be single-minded. But that single-mindedness has to be that complete understanding. God, I need you. I need you. Every moment of every day when life is difficult and I don't have the answers and when life seems simple and when it seems like I have the answers, I need you all the time in every decision. I need you leading and guiding me. I need your wisdom. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't trust yourself. Don't be double-minded. Be not wise in your own eyes. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. In, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. I was around a missionary a few years ago that just being around this guy for several days really challenged me. In fact, it challenged me to the point it kind of got on my nerves. You ever been in a situation like that? Someone gets on your nerves because they're just, you're convicted being around them. This person had a phrase that he would say probably 30 times a day. And here was the phrase. Well, we just need to acknowledge the Lord. You, you get stuck in a traffic jam. Oh, man. Slows me down. Throws a wrench into my day. Well, we just need to acknowledge the Lord. Get a flat tire on the way home. Oh, we just need to acknowledge the Lord. You know, someone mistreats you in this way. Oh, we need to acknowledge the Lord. Something happens in my life. And what, what was he saying? He was pointing back to Proverbs 3. In all thy ways acknowledge him. In other words, what he's saying is we need to see the hand of God in everything. We, we need to abandon our own understanding and recognize that God has a bigger picture that we can't see. And trust that God's way is best. And you know what he was doing? I think probably more for himself than anyone else was trying to remind himself, I need God and I need his wisdom in everything. In all my ways, I need to acknowledge the Lord. I wonder how frequently we do that. How often throughout the day do you acknowledge the Lord? I can't tell you the number of times that I have struggled and racked my brain to try and figure something out. And finally, when I got to where I, I realized I'm not going to figure this out, as a last resort, in total desperation, I prayed and asked the Lord to help, and immediately he did. You know what? My life would have gone a lot better if I would have acknowledged him at the beginning of that situation. 
Have you ever had, and this is a silly little example, I, I had a, a, a situation several months ago. There was a, something that I, I needed, a tool that I needed, and I could not find it. We're still in the process of unpacking. I couldn't find it. I looked everywhere. And I thought for sure. I, apparently we, le we left it. We lost it in the move. I don't know how because I knew where it was. I thought I knew where it was. And, and it was driving me crazy. And finally, after looking everywhere I could think of, I just prayed and I said, Lord, would you show me? And before I could even get the words out, the Lord brought it to my mind. I remembered where I put it. And I walked and I went there and that's exactly where it was. Man, I was so mad at myself. And I felt like saying, Lord, you could have just showed me earlier. The problem was, though, I had to abandon my own wisdom and acknowledge him. Now, that's a silly little thing, okay? But in big things and small things, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. In everything you do, in every decision you make, and even in every word that you say, acknowledge the Lord in it. Don't trust in yourself. Relinquish your own wisdom. Let go of it. And then I, I love what he says here. There's, there's, a, there's another step in this process, and that's simply to request. Request. Look what he says. Verse 5, it's so simple. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. <laughs> you have a need. You're, you're lacking in the wisdom department. You're in good company. Here's what you do. Ask. Ask. Over in chapter 4, he says, ye have not because ye ask not. I mean, how many things, how many issues go unresolved in our lives because we just simply fail to bring them to God, to talk to Him about our need? And here's what He says, if you're lacking in wisdom, let him ask of God. Why? Because God giveth to all men liberally. I mean, He, he doesn't just withhold and give you just barely a little bit, just enough to, you know, that breadcrumb to lead you to the next step. No, it, it says He gives you liberally. God blesses abundantly with wisdom when you ask him. And it says he upbraideth not. I love that. In other words, God's not criticizing you for being foolish. He, he doesn't say, well, okay, you know, I'll, I'll give you wisdom, but man, you people, <laughs> you're pathetic. <laughs> Now, I might think that way myself, but God doesn't upbraid me for that. He doesn't rebuke me. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. God knows who you are. God knows how weak and feeble you are. And He cares about you and He loves you. And He offers you freely His wisdom. And He says, just ask. Ask. Trust in the Lord... With all thine heart, lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and what's the promise? He shall direct thy path. God has promised to give wisdom. Ask him. Ask and ye shall receive. He gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Isn't that wonderful? 
you and I are completely hopeless in our efforts to live a life of faith pleasing to God in our own wisdom. We have no hope. But if we'll simply let go of our own understanding and request of Him, He's promised to give wisdom. You say, man, I'm just struggling in this area. I'm struggling to... to to get victory over this sin. I'm, I, I'm struggling to walk with God in this way. I'm, I'm struggling to make a decision or handle my finances or, or, or to, to be able to uh, build these relationships within my family or fix these relationships. You know what you need? You need the wisdom of God. Tomorrow when you get up and you go to work, you need God's wisdom. Today as you go home, spend time with your family, you need God's wisdom. Ask. And it shall be given you. That's a tremendous promise from God. He wants you to know his will. He's not hiding it from you. He's not keeping it from you. In fact, the truth is we just keep it from ourselves. As long as we think we've got things figured out, we fail to ask God. And we're missing out on the abundant liberal wisdom that God offers. 